This week's major spoilers podcast weekend type edition is brought to you by Darren Coleman, the inventor of coleslaw. I got nothing. It's 11 o'clock at night. This one goes out to you. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Pod on on the air. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod pod podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, podcasts. Podcasts. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad that you could join us on this weekend Hello, show. Hello, future people! And we can uh, really say that because by the time this is released, it's already been four days since we recorded this episode. Yeah. Yeah. We don't tell people about that. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, it's Saturday. It's Saturday, yeah, it's Saturday. The weekend. The Saturday. Weekend. I'm drunk right now. I've been the Ooh. Hey, let's get to some listener mail. I processed like 400 rebates this week. Woohoo! Uh, who is this from? Pa pa pa! I should write this down occasionally. Yep, certainly doesn't have a uh, doesn't have a name on it. I wonder why. Oh well. Anyway, it says I'd like to say that you guys have done a great I'm job. Spoiler right says <laughs> it's somebody. Maybe Darren Coleman. Who knows? I would like to say that you guys have done a great job with the site, and you've kept me sane at work by being able to listen to your podcast. I also have to credit you guys for not getting me interested. For not only getting me interested in D&D, but also helping me learn most of the rules. Just listening to you play helped me teach my friends, and we now play together on an almost weekly basis. However, I do have some questions. All right, so we got three questions. Question the first. Did you ever do a Watchmen movie review? I'm guessing it may have been lost when the site crashed. yes, maybe. It was written, but maybe I didn't find anything on it. Maybe I'm just not looking hard enough. Uh, I think the answer is Major Spoilers Podcast number 81. That's where I think we reviewed, it was the all Watchmen issue, if I'm not mistaken. And I think we not only reviewed the book, but we also talked about the movie. Hmm. Or at least I know at some point, uh, Rodrigo and I did talk about the right. movie. Mm-hmm. So it's somewhere in that range. And I talked about the trailer. And, right. Yes. So if you go back and, and you know the date that uh, Watchmen was released in theaters, go look within two weeks of that release date. And you will find um, you'll find our discussion on that. Question the second. I've been sold on Atomic Robo and want to catch up with the trades. However, the second trade is almost impossible to find. Now, I will say deviate from the question here. Um, I, th- I think he also sent a follow up email to me that on Amazon and eBay right now, the second volume of Atomic Robo is going for something like two thousand bucks. What? Seriously. Nice. Yeah, and I sent uh, over to Scott Wegner and Brian Clever, and I was like, were you guys aware of this? And they're like, oh, yes, very much so we are aware of that. Wow. Uh, there was a guy, and this may be the same guy, uh, works at a uh, high-end car dealership. Mm-hmm. So maybe not the same guy here. But uh, I was like, yeah, oh, I've got a whole stack of them. How about we do a trade? Nice. Trying to get a high-end car out of this. But yeah, they're going extremely incredible, incredibly expensive. That storyline, uh, the question then goes on to say, does the story have a fairly important continuity or to it, or can I just catch up and skip on reading the second? Uh, to be honest, it's is a that story that War? takes... That's the Dogs of War? That's the um, one that takes place mostly on the train with the girl. Oh, I think that world, may be Dogs of War. Yeah, it's the World War Two. Yeah, one, yeah, the World it? War Two one. Um, to be quite honest, I mean... The Sparrow. Yes. There is a bigger story arc that the Atomic Robo crew are working on, and they have a very specific timeline of when things happen. So you can read these stories out of order, and they still make sense. So if you don't have the two grand to drop on Atomic Robo Trade (laughs) 2... And and you don't. And you don't, because otherwise you would be donating to the major spoilers... uh, Super fan. You just love that joke. Recurring donation. I I really do. And I don't. <laughs> um, you can you can really skip it. You can get right into the third volume. Actually, each volume pretty much stands alone by itself. Yeah. The only thing that you need to know about Atomic Robo was that Tesla built Atomic Robo. Mm-hmm. Atomic Robo has incredible adventures, and Thomas Edison is his mortal enemy. Right. Or the ghost of Thomas Edison is his mortal em- enemy, depending on which volume yeah. you're reading. I'm traveling Other than Teddy that, Roosevelt. Everything else can... No, that's my mortal enemy. I'm traveling Teddy Roosevelt. 
Um, so you don't have Olé. to. You don't really have to read that uh, second volume if you don't want to. Although I would highly recommend that you do. I do think if you have digital comics, I think that volume may be available digitally hmm. uh, through one of the iPad, iTunes, Comicsology, Tunes Pad, Tunes Pad. Yes. Question the third. Tunes Pad, the driving cat. Question the third. <laughs> would you ever consider doing a review of a webcomic series? I'm sure you've we had. We have. We actually have. We've done Order of the Stick. Mm-hmm. We've done. What else have we done? Uh, the one. Uh, what was the one with uh, Monique? Monique. Sinfest. Sinfest. Yeah, we've done that. We've done them over the years. We just haven't probably in the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Have not, and the one that I would like us to review at some point is Wapsie Square, but that one is one of the ones where you literally do need to start at the very beginning yeah. in order to figure out what's going on. Well, I'm not going to do that. I demand ultimate Wapsie Square. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew is, of course, referring to our fantastic discussion from Wednesday, the previous episode. Go and listen to it where uh, we get into a discussion about Ultimate Comics and the Ultimate line. Um, I had fun with it, Matthew. Did you have fun with that discussion? Oh, absolutely. I don't get that vehement with things that I don't enjoy. Yeah, yeah. It was um, definitely awesome. So, yeah, we've done that. And we've talked about them on the site a couple of times. You can go through into the way, way, way back far a long times ago, and you'll find my top 50 webcomics, or I think mm-hmm. it was top top 46 webcomics or something like that that I read. And you, Top 47 and a half webcomics. It, it was just that Some, weird. It really was something like 47 and a half. Yeah, it was like 46, 47, something like that. That is that is when Steven found a WordPress thing yeah, that yeah. was just like, import yes. favorites. Yes, basically that's what it was. Um, uh, this person says, if you guys do uh, do webcomics, I've got a suggestion. Goblins, the comic series Goblins at goblinscomic.com is one of my favorite and would be a great fit for your audience since it mixes a lot of D&D humor as well. Um, I just throw that out as a suggestion in case once the story gets going, it's one of the better reads out there for sure. Have you read this, Rodrigo? I've read a little bit of it. Is it all right? I hate it. You really do? Mm -hmm. How come? Um, Because it revolves around the third edition rules and not the fourth edition rules? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, Order of the Stick revolves around the third edition rules, and it's one of my favorite webcomics ever. And really, I think that's part of the problem is that Order of the Stick sets the bar so high. Right. Um, Their entire... Like, because I find that a webcomic, you know, webcomics are presented either, you know, in in a bunch of panels per day or a whole page per day or something like that. Right. Order of the Stick never comes out unless it has a punchline at the end. Mm -hmm. You know, like a beginning and an end to everything they present. Even if they present multiple pages per day, it'll be beginning to end. Right. There are pages of goblins. Where nothing happens, where it's clearly just something happened a page before, something's going to happen two pages from now, but nothing's actually happening. Mm. And for something that I go to, you know, on a weekly basis to click if it's new, if nothing's actually happening, then I had to stop reading it. What, um, I I honestly don't have time to read a lot of webcomics these days. For me, it's Sinfest, PvP, Penny Arcade. No, I actually don't get to Penny Arcade that often because they don't have a freaking RSS feed for their comic strip, mm. so I don't read it. Uh, XL, what is it, XLC? Uh, XKCD. XKCD, mm-hmm. okay. Um, Wopsy Square, and there's at least one or two others. Sometimes I'll, on the Twitter, someone will throw up, uh, oh, here's Axe my latest Cop. Axe Cop, here's my latest uh, webcomic, and I'll click on it and read it real quick, but it's not a regular one. But right. those four or five... <laughs> are the ones that I still read on a, a very, very regular basis. You know, I'm a big fan of dinosaur comics. Right. But I find that dinosaur comics, and I don't read it anymore because it updates, or I updated, I don't know if he's still doing it, way too regularly. He came out with, like, four strips a week. Wow. So I was like, I, I just couldn't keep up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So eventually he was, like, 20, 20 ahead, mm-hmm. and, you know, it was like, uh, it was just too difficult. That's why I'm a big fan of of web comics. And if you do have a web comic and you're listening, please make your strip available via the RSS because I can subscribe to your RSS feed. You're still getting the ping, you're still getting the hit or whatever for your image for your for your file, and I can just read it every day because I have about right now it's pushing about seventy sites that are in the RSS feed that I go through and, and troll through every day, and that's just the stuff for major spoilers. I have two and. 
if I can hit your webcomic uh, halfway through there, it's it's a nice uh, it's a nice break. Oh, my extra life when Scott updates right, his right. stuff, I'll read that. That's another one. Um, Matthew, what about you? Are you reading any web comics right now? I'm reading one right now. Uh, right this very instant, I'm reading PvP. Oh no, um, <laughs> I read web comics weirdly in that I won't read them for two, three months, and then I'll go in and I'll just have a big you know reading session. Oh, you you would really love reading Wopsy Square then. I don't know. I love PvP. Um, I kind of sort of love Penny Arcade. I don't necessarily always have the background for the jokes. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily want to go to the, you know, the thing and do all right. the thing and figure out what the background is and understand who the creators of the game were and what they did previously. But, you know, I, as a nerd who can make those remarks about comics, I appreciate what they're doing. Sinfest is one that I've never actually been able to get all the way through. Because their backlog, you know, their back catalog is so huge. Right. But every few months I'll come back in and look at them. XKCD hey. is one that keeps popping up for me, too. Yeah, XKCD is, is really fun. It, mm-hmm. it relies on a little bit of science knowledge and math knowledge. You kind of have oh, to know. And linguistics knowledge. The guy who does XKCD is really, really smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's, it's yeah, a good. It it's stick figures, but it is so hysterical. Uh, in terms of Sinfest, Sinfest is collected in a, a, a series of... Uh, Trade paperbacks. I think Dark Horse published those. I want to say, mm-hmm. um, very uh, worth picking up. Um, worth picking up. I will say for PvP, I really like how Kurtz has changed his style since everyone has moved to Seattle in that in that story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different kind of flowy style. Um, what's the uh, New York uh, New Yorker? Was it Herschel? Is that his name? The guy or the person that does those very stylistic curvy oh. caricatures. Yeah, I think maybe. his name is is Herschel um, or Kershel, one of those two. Uh, Kurtz's style is kind of evolving into that very round, flowy style, and I think a lot of it has to do with the tools that he's using to do his webcomic. I believe he's using a Cintiq now, which in the past I think he was just you know scan it in and then ink it in in the page, which is maybe a little bit different. So, uh, and I know in the forums there was a thread at one point, someone asking about, well, how do I get art into my computer? So I can art it up or webcomic-y up it up or whatever. Scanning it in is one way. Another way is to get a Cintiq uh, Wacom tablet where it's basically you're drawing on the screen as if it were a giant pad of paper in front of you. Um, it is a wonderful I love the device. way you pronounce it like Wacom. Yeah. That's I believe Wacom, how you Wacom. pronounce it. Nobody, everybody says they don't know how to pronounce it. Some people say Wacom. Some people say Wacom. Um, years ago in my previous life um, – we had a, a Wacom representative come out to show us the very first Cintiq, hmm. and we asked him, and that's what he said, Wacom. So that's what that's the way I've pronounced it. Is a, is a company based in Texas? Yes, Wacom. Wacom. Um, Al Hirschfeld. Hirschfeld. There you go. Okay, so bah, 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 thanks for taking the time to read and keep up the good work. Some unknown anonymous fantastic fan of the site. M. Peterson. Wait, no. That's <laughs> that Matthew honest. guy is the Matthew bestest in the world. P. Stephen and Rodrigo suck. Signed, M. Peterson. <laughs> First of all, I don't need to say that you guys suck to remind people of my awesome. I'm not going to denigrate what you do. You guys okay. bring something very special to the show in your own cute little way. And, you know, it wouldn't be the same show without you. There's a reason why Much Matthew as, you has know, to call in from Topeka to do this show, because if we're all in the same room together, his ego would be so large that we could barely squeeze the, in the door. I, I, I would. Yeah, I, okay. I would get tired <laughs> of breaking up fights, like physical fights between the two of you. Matthew and I have never swung up, uh, swung at each other. No, you've never. Both, you've never. We're both yeah. too fat. <laughs> yeah. We would wear out too quickly. You've never successfully <laughs> swung at and each I, other. Uh, <laughs> and it should be noted, Stephen, that we could actually put an engine on a basket it on your ego and actually fly around the world like Phileas <laughs> Fogg. All right. Um, Question. Question. X-Men First Class stuff has been hitting the interwebs mm-hmm. in wildfire. X-Men First Class takes place in the 1960s, at uh, the height of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Hello. Welcome to the 60s where the X-Men love us. Everything that we've seen, the costuming is very mod and some of the clothing that, the, that they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the style is very of the time. So it looks like they're trying to capture that time period very well. Um, the marketing material, though, the posters that we've seen, the images that we've seen, a lot of people, and not just these imaginary lot of people that Matthew is always claiming that I'm making up, but a lot of people on the internet mm-hmm. are really hating all of the marketing material that's coming out for this movie. In fact, Brian Lee O'Malley uh, just the other day on Twitter posted, uh, how, why I, uh, am I excited for, ex- or how or why am I excited for X-Men First Class when the marketing materials scream, this is a shitty movie and we hate it and you. <laughs> Have you seen this marketing material? I've seen some of it. What do you think? I think it looks kind of bad. Why? I, I don't know. I think that it's clear that there's two forces at work here. Mm-hmm. One, the actual movie, which takes place in the 60s. Right. And the other one, the advertising uh, department trying to make it look very modern and and shiny and x many you know with, yeah, 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 with yeah. like the 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 straight shining like mm-hmm. bright light coming down the middle like mm-hmm. where the x parts right, right, to right. go into the danger room from the past three movies right um it's got that weird whole weird thing going about it. i was like this is a prequel but not necessarily to the actual movies that came before it we will take some liberties shut up yeah yeah, yeah. um some of the some of the modern posters mm-hmm. do, don't work because they're all in their period costumes in the modern poster, right? And so yeah, that doesn't doesn't work. But they've gone through and they've done like mock-ups of like Esquire and Time and Popular Mechanics as they would have been mm-hmm. in the year that the that the movie takes place and in, inserted those characters in there. So you see January Jones or you see uh, Magneto or you see. Um, uh, Mr. Tumnus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you see that in that style, and I look at those and I'm like, wow, that is a that is a nice way yeah. to make this feel like a retro piece. But unfortunately, I think everyone looks at retro, that far back retro, as why are they giving me this crap? Oh, really? You think they're complaining about the retro stuff? Some That's of it, cool. I, I do think that they are. Because I, com- I complain about the modern stuff. I think the retro stuff looks there was, good. I know a lot of people on the uh, on the site uh, had put up a couple of, of the retro stuffs that they had done, and one of them was a very retro, almost like a Rolling Stone Beatles cover of that time period. And it was like, oh my God, that sucks. You know, for about three months, I was subscribed to Entertainment Weekly mm-hmm. because I had airline miles. Ah, and um, they did this fantastic thing where when the when um, Casino Royale came out, mm-hmm. they put out all these covers that mm-hmm. would have come out on the a uh, like the day that each Bond film premiered. Oh yeah, cool. With you know all of these like really kind of funny and retrospect you know headlines to go along with it. Right. And it was really cool. It was a really good idea. And you know basically that's what this, the best one was like the Tracy Allman show. <laughs> Why those wacky Simpsons cartoons should stay there. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, have you seen this marketing material for the X-Men First Class? I'm going to be honest with you. I have been ignoring X-Men First Class because of the casting. Oh, really? You don't, I, you don't I, like... I, I'm, uh, getting, I'm getting tired of like their... No, I'm getting tired of this no matter the- who it is. No matter who the character is, no matter what gravitas or age they should be, it's always some 20-year-old jackass and then this girl who looks all of 18. We're, I mean, we're, they're casting people who are young and marketable, and I don't want to see the handsome young man with the big head of hair as Professor X, no matter how young he is. I don't want to see a 12-year-old girl in a bustier pretending to be Emma Frost. And maybe I'm just old and crotchety. But I think January Jones. Eh, I'm, I'm not really interested in another X-Men movie, necessarily. Well, I mean, that may be part of it, too. How many people are really interested in another X-Men movie? The, the bigger question that I have based on this marketing, these teases, these trailers that we see. And this goes the same with the, uh, the Green Lantern full head-to-toe reveal that we saw of uh, of um, Ryan Reynolds and his yeah, feet. Head, you head actually to see the literally. toes. Um, where a lot of people were like, whoa, I don't like that. I don't like the costume. I don't, you know, uh, it used to be, and maybe the internet has caused a lot of this. It used to be, we would really cannot wait until we saw the trailer for this because, oh my gosh, how awesome was that? Um, but now we've gotten to the point because of the internet, everything is so available right now that we can mm. go and find 50 different trailers or 50 behind the scenes images of Wonder and, Woman and running down the street, leaked images, whatever. 
do these teases, do these promo pieces, do these behind-the-scenes look, are they doing their job, or do you think that they're turning more people off? Not necessarily specifically about X-Men First Class, but all upcoming movies, TV shows, etc. Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, X-Men, mm-hmm. Thor, Captain America. Are they doing their job, or do you are you looking at this and go, you guys really need to stop because you're turning me off more and more? Or are they making you go, holy crap, I cannot wait to watch Wonder Woman on NBC this fall? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Matthew, do you have an idea? Do you have a thought? <laughs> I do. Which is? There is always, there's always the chance that the marketing material is going to make people go, that's going to suck. This is obviously going to suck. But from a, you know, from a perspective of the production company, buzz is good. Mm-hmm. And if the buzz is, ooh, well, what's going on here? We, you know, this costume's not right. Something's going on. Oh my God. That's going to draw eyes to your project. Right. If, if people are just like, who cares? Right. Seriously, we don't care. Is that supposed to be Forge? We don't care. Why is Professor X's head pasted onto that body? We don't care. I don't want to see Ryan Reynolds' toes, you know. All of that discussion is, you know, drawing people in and making people want to go and see the film. Sure. Or at the very least want to go and see the trailers and claim they've seen the film like I do. The um, There's a saying that no news is bad news. No publicity is bad publicity. Mm-hmm. Because even if it looks bad, mm-hmm. even if it's terrible, people are still talking about it. And I would bet that there are a lot of people, just because of our schadenfreude society, mm-hmm. I'm going to go watch this movie mm-hmm. just so I can see it train wreck. Yeah. That is certainly a minority, though. You think? Oh, I think so. Most people yeah, don't absolutely. want to see a bad movie because I, I would I would say that most people don't have the appreciation of, of a bad movie. Mm. Um you know, it's it's why th- that is exactly the reason why there are so many movies that are so similar. Why every chick flick is the same and every action movie is the same because they've hit some they've hit on something that works mm-hmm. and they can just keep showing that to people. If if people had an appreciation for that difference for that movie that's not quite so good, I, I think they wouldn't keep watching those movies. Okay. Um, I think it is a small segment of the population that wants to go see a movie to see a tank because, and and on top of that is a movie has to be at least past a certain point right. for it to be that bad, right? right so right. bad that it's funny, or so right, bad right. that it loses back around to being good yeah, yeah, yeah. unintentionally, right? You know, and Skyline. and well, maybe, and I don't think X Men First Class is going to do that. I mean, X Three certainly didn't do it for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Or whatever they did were you go see it? it. I did. I went to see it in the theaters, and I knew I knew going in that it was going to be bad. Oh, okay. But I owed it to Famke Jansen. <laughs> I I'm trying to think if there's a movie that I knew would be bad going into it. Maybe Spider Man Three, mm-hmm. but still went anyway. Um, because my time is so my free time is so rare minimal. these days. Minimal, rare, whatever that you want to say. Um, a movie really has to be something that I really want to mm-hmm, see. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me to go to the theater. Green Hornet was something I really wanted to see. In retrospect, was it awesome? Not in 3D, it wasn't awesome, but it was a good story. What's another one that I've, I've seen in the theater recently? Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. I, you know, I enjoyed that. I wanted mm-hmm. to see it. And I don't, didn't care what anybody said. I wanted to see that. Um, Skyline was one that I thought originally is like, ooh, this looks cool, but I know it's going to be terrible because we've seen this. Same right. way with Battle Los Angeles. Uh, we've seen this. So these are the ones that I'm waiting until they either come out on DVD or... The movie company says, hey, can we send this to you for a review? Mm-hmm. And uh, Tron, Tron uh, Legacy, mm-hmm. is uh, the exact same way. Didn't th- didn't catch my attention enough to make me want to see it in the theater, but after sure. I sat down and watched it, it was like, man, it's not terrible. Right. So, I don't know. I For me, I look at everything as, well, here is another look at this. We're not looking at this marketing material or this clip, you know, in, in the case of the... Um, um, What's the blue girl mystique uh, image that appeared on the site this past week? This is just through that mm-hmm. view. It's not moving. It's not through the camera's eye. We mm-hmm. don't know what the mm-hmm. end product is going to be. So I'm going to be somewhat open-minded. Okay. <laughs> she good. looks like Ellen Page. Ellen Page painted oh, no, in if, Microsoft Paint. I'm if sorry. If you want to see Ellen Page painted up, you'll want to go see, what is it, the Super? What is the... Oh, uh, uh, the one with Rain Wilson. Yeah, Super, Rain Wilson. yeah. Yeah, you want to go see that, because she uh, apparently is 
not too bad in that movie. Um, yeah, but I really don't want to see that movie. I really don't. I, that's another. Okay, so there's one that. Why don't you want to see that movie? Because uh, it because uh, it looks mean. Well, f- like black comedy mean. Yeah, or just like over the top. Yeah, it, it looks. It Did looks, you see Kickass? Same. It looks like the awkward is not going to overpower the, or, or rather, it looks more awkward than funny. Because oh, okay. I'm not a fan. I'm actually not a fan of that awkward humor. Mm-hmm. Um, like I hate The Office. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. Um, I, I just do not find it funny because it's all that. Oh man, this character sure just said something massively awkward to this other character, right? Right. Just like yesterday, right? Um. So you know, I I get really tired of it, and I I don't mm-hmm. I don't get a lot of satisfaction out of seeing people be uncomfortable around each other, right? Because that's my life. <laughs> I you know I very frequently say things that make other people uncomfortable by accident. Oh yeah. I don't need a TV show to remind me of that. Oh yeah. Um. So. You know, it, it, although it doesn't look like it's going to be that same sort of humor, it seems like it's that same idea, only with like violence as opposed mm-hmm. to awkward uh, mm-hmm. social situations. But it's it it kind of looks like the you know if you cranked Dwight Schrute up another notch, yeah, you that's know what you th- that's what yeah. you would get. Um, I was never a big fan of Heather's when it came out, although people still think it's a hysterically funny mm. black comedy. I'm like, well, okay, I can see where you see the humor in it, but it's a little bit over-the-top gross, some of the gross factor stuff that they throw in there. And I think that's what I'm seeing in in this movie as well. And it's just like, eh, maybe I won't. I'll wait until it comes out on DVD or just like The Spirit. Uh, I'll wait until it comes up on HBO, which I'm already paying for, mm-hmm. and watch it then on a Saturday afternoon while I'm busy playing with my kids. So, right. you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and then, of course, Matthew, you wait for everything to come out on HBO or... USA Network or what? I well, very seldom do I go to the movies. There's two theaters in town. There's one with comfy seats that cost me twenty bucks, and there's one with horrible seats that I will only go to if Molly insists we have to see a movie there. Because my knees and my back will lock up all at once, and I'll end up walking out of there like one of the nine hundred pound twins on their mini bikes. <laughs> you shouldn't do Adkins; that's really bad for you. But uh, that's what I hear, man. Generally, I'm not really a that. movie. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. I'm not really a movie theater kind of guy because movie theaters involve three things that I don't like. Uh, one, people. Yeah, people suck. Two. Spending money, I, I I don't have any money. And three, giving money to people. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, I have a seven-year-old. Taking a seven-year-old to the movie theater is always a trip. I'm still in trouble for the fact that uh, when Molly wanted to walk out of cars, uh, she and the nanny walked out, and I watched the last 20 minutes of the film. I had the car keys. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, that that's, that's, well, daddy's a jerk sometimes, but that's part of being daddy. It's... You know, it's my shtick. But I don't know. Usually I'll catch it. There's a new movie channel that I have. And it in the last 72 hours, I have watched Sunshine Cleaning Company. Yeah, that's uh, the Tron one with Legacy, Adams, that's, which I think is pretty good. Iron Man 2. Yeah, it was really good. I finally wa- sat down and watched Paranormal Activity that was oh, uh, kind of yet. awesomely is, awful. Is it good or bad? <sighs> Paranormal, you have to understand what it is. Paranormal activity is a brick joke. You ever have right. a brick joke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it takes like a weekend to tell, and right. at the end it's a brick joke. If you go in expecting a brick joke and knowing that you're being manipulated by cinematography and music going, dun 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 at the scary parts, it's good. I, I recommend watching it in a darkened room mm-hmm. and just really, really subsuming yourself to it. As a, you know, as someone with a film background, you will find yourself analyzing how they do the tricks because there's a point where, you know, you see the effects or like right. there's a mysterious shadow and you, I'm trying to figure out where the shadow came from. Or at one point, there's something that may be a spirit interacting with the world and I'm trying to figure out how they manage to do the effect. You know, it's cool. The killer is a and it gobo. Do, it does have <laughs> <laughs> It does have a pretty startling ending. What was the other thing that I watched that I loved? Oh. I Paul? taped, but have yet to watch Kick Ass. Oh, that's, I like that. I really did like that. I didn't think mm. I was going to like that movie. My dad the liked theater, it. I sat down and watched it, and I was like, "Wow, this is not the movie you know, I was my, expecting." My dad liked Kick Ass. 
Kick-Ass but hated Watchmen. Oh, really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. And he saw both of them on planes, like, on his way to Australia or something. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, You know, a couple of <laughs> years ago. I years thought he ago, flew under his own power with Yoshi. You've opened a new galaxy. Um, a few years ago, I made the comment, I wrote an editorial up on the site, where I was like, look, I don't want to go to your damn theater because it's smelly, it's noisy, the kids are making out nonstop, and I'm not getting any of that action. Mm-hmm. I want to sit at home where I get no action and watch the <laughs> If movies. I'm going to get no action at the theater, I will do it at home. Uh, and I said, I want to watch these uh, first-run movies in my home, in the comfort of my home theater, and I will mm-hmm. pay you, I think I said at the time... 25 40 bucks somewhere in between that range mm-hmm. and everybody's like oh that would never happen how ridiculous how crazy hollywood has now come out with this proposal it's not this is the this is the only problem with it let me explain it to you um not day and date release but i think it's within 60 days after theatrical release but within 30 to 45 days before DVD release, mm-hmm. it's almost a pay-per-view thing where you will right. be able to watch the movie it's for... basically pay-per-view before it comes out on video. Yeah, I think it's like 30 bucks to do that. Would you do that, Rodrigo? Um, Let's probably consider not. movie theater ticket today if is about I had, 10 If bucks. I lived in your house, then maybe I would. Oh, okay. But I certainly wouldn't do it with my TV that is about as, you know, as wide across as my palm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie theater, two tickets <laughs> for you and dainty, your, your girlfriend are going to be about 20 bucks right for the tickets. Mm-hmm. Then if you get snacks. Oh, it's a freaking 3D movie, then it's going to be like about 45 40 bucks. bucks. Yeah. Then you got to get snacks. Right. Unless you smuggle your own in, but even then snacks cost. Right. So you figure snacks, a tub of popcorn, well, and just some Pip soda drinks. Red Vine is just crazy delicious. <laughs> You're going to spend another 20 bucks right there. So there's 40 bucks. So 30 yeah. bucks is actually a kind of a good deal. Right. So I don't know. Matthew, would you be interested in that? Cars 2 is coming Maybe. out this summer. Cars 2 is coming out this summer, and all the kids are going to go see it. But before uh, school starts, Molly has to be able to see it. It's <laughs> not going to be out on DVD yet. You refuse to go to the movie theater and sit in the little tiny cramped 3D uh, glasses wearing theater. 30 bucks for you, Molly, your nanny, your wife, <laughs> your nanny's friends, the dog. Uh, it, it depends fairies on, you on know, whether show. I had any money. Okay. Uh, you mean curious. the crystalline fairies on the floor <laughs> and in the box by my <laughs> office with the crazy chunks of fairy? I, I was just, I was just curious. Yeah, I was exactly. just curious. Uh, there was some other news this past week. You know, uh, before uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, was rumored to play Cobra Commander, <laughs> well, Falcone, uh, one of the, the Falcone kid yeah. from uh, from uh, the Long Halloween story. Right. We thought that that's who he was going to play, which led us to believe that The Dark Knight Rises was going to be a further continuation of the Long Halloween story, the Jeff Loeb mm-hmm. story. Turns out that Warner Brothers has announced that, oh, yes, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is indeed going to be in the movie, but he's going to be a beat cop assigned to special duty under the command of Commissioner Gordon. While, uh, who's this other girl, uh, Cotillard will play Miranda Tate, a Wayne Enterprises board member eager to help a still grieving Bruce Wayne resume his father's philanthropic endeavors for Gotham. Now, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in The Dark Knight Rises. Christian Bale is in The Dark Knight Rises. Who else is in uh, Dark Knight Rises, Rodrigo, that we've seen before? The guy playing, uh, uh, Bane Uh is, uh... Is in this is has been in a Christopher Nolan movie before, right? You had made the comment earlier about Christopher Nolan really likes to cast, yeah, the same the same actors in 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 his movies, and and really what what brought it up was the fact that not not only did he cast um uh, what's her name Marion Cotillard, yeah, um, and Jason uh, Joseph Gordon Livid, but the the pictures that that I, I don't know if you chose those I didn't pictures, those I stole uh, from someone, uh, okay. Um, are both basically what they look like, more or less an in Inception. I guess maybe hers isn't, but you know, they're, they're both actors that were in Inception. Right, and, right, you know, right. they're central characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about kind of directors having their stables. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, for for actors. You know, on on the one hand, I, you know, when you see all the same actors together, it kind of turns into this thing of like, you know. 
now this guy is different from his character in Inception. This guy's similar to his character in Inception. This guy's doing this thing. This guy's not doing that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, I guess I can't blame a director for having actors that he likes to work with. Right. When I was in school and I was doing projects, I had actors that were in mm-hmm. several of the movies that I was working in because I knew that they were reliable, because I knew that they would, you know, get things done. And they understood you. Um, Kevin Smith is the same way. Yeah, exactly. I Kevin mean, Alfred, Smith, I mean, Joss just Whedon. They go, all, back, you know. go back even Alfred Hitchcock with Jimmy mm-hmm. Stewart and uh, Grace Kelly. Yeah. Uh, use them a lot in his movies. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, you're right. They they have guys that they like to use. And uh, why does that why is that bothersome to you? I I guess it's okay. Like uh, there's there's kind of a line at some point. If I'm watching a Quentin Tarantino movie and it's um Harvey Keitel in it. Right. Okay. But if it's Harvey Keitel and John Buscemi. Mm-hmm. Is it John? Yeah. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Steve. Yeah. Um, then I'm like, well, this is reminiscent of something else. Then if it's those two guys and, was it, Matt's, Michael Madsen? Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, uh, the girl. Uma Thurman? Irma. Uma. Right. Yeah. Then it's like, well, now, or, you know, it's like, well, now this is the cast of Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. That That's off-putting. That, right. This is a cast when when you have seen the entire cast before mm-hmm. in a different movie, you know it, it it's it's dissonant to me. It's mm-hmm. you know it's one thing to kind of joke around and being like, well, you know, John Connor and the kid from Third Rock from the Sun are both going to be in a movie, right? Haha, <laughs> that's funny, right? Um, and one of them is Batman, <laughs> and it's not the one that you think. Um, <laughs> you know that's 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 just kind of a, a nerd joke, but. You know, sometimes it is, it is just, you know, I watch it, I watch a movie like that, and I'm like, all of these people were playing different characters, Mm -hmm. and I get that Jay and Silent Bob kind of transcend this thing, but, you know, Ben Affleck's friend was the devil in that movie that I saw earlier today, you know, it's just kind of, it just kind of causes that that weird uh, dissonance and, and takes me out of the movie. Matthew, do you feel the same way? No, not at all. I think that th- there are two arguments that I have where I actually appreciate this. And one is the fact that for years, theater companies have had their repertory. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm And you'll have, you'll, you'll, you'll have a city with 50, 15 actors and they'll put on a different thing. And, you know, if you're a classically trained Shakespeare actor, then you can play Hamlet and you can play Richard the third and you can play silent Bob and you can play, you know, uh super monkey. I, I don't know my Shakespeare, you know, you can play all those characters. <laughs> super monkey. Something and is it's not, not a good place to start. Yeah. yeah. And Julie. super robot monkey, <laughs> hyperforce team go something. I don't know. What ho fair maiden thou dost wear a Pikachu. monkey suit. <laughs> Taming of the Pikachu. Exactly. <laughs> but Hamlet, the other I argument you. that I have <laughs> <laughs> Check Sorry. the Pokedex for Melancholy Dane. Um, yeah. It's not quite as cool as the Great Dane. Uh, Scooby-Doo, I choose you. The, yeah. the other argument that I have is that as long as the actors are up to the task, in some cases they're not, but as long as the actors are up to the task, I don't have a problem with it. I, and it's weird because I, you know, I'm the one railing against this whole Marvel universe building thing where they're trying to have the same characters in the same cast in eight, 10, 12 different movies and build this whole up. But I don't have a problem with every single Tim Burton movie having Johnny Depp in it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Johnny Depp changes up his yeah. act. And when I watched, when I watched Zach and Miri make a porno, Mm-hmm. And Jason Mewes was in it playing someone who was not Jay. Mm-hmm. It took me eh, a minute, but it didn't take, you know, uh, as much time as you might think to say, that's not Jay. And that's not the guy from Hot Tub Time Machine. And that's not the fat guy from Freaks and Geeks. You know, if you if you go and see anything with Joss Whedon in it, eventually you're going to see Allison Hannigan. Anything Joss Whedon has ever done has some Allison Hannigan in it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I can't see her. Yeah, yeah maybe, thing. but um, yeah. what's I don't his know. name? Uh, that uh, the guy who plays the captain on Firefly, Fillion, Nathan, right, Fillion. right, right, Fillion. Yeah. 
Yeah, Fillion gets around. I, I don't have I, a problem with that as long as you're casting these people in smart ways. Right. And again, I go back to the Jimmy Stewart in Hitchcock. He's not the same Jimmy Stewart in Rear Window as he is in Rope, as he is in Vertigo. And it's because he can act. And so I don't mind using the director using the same one there. If we get to The Dark Knight Rises and I'm looking at this and going, wow, they're playing the exact same characters that they played in Inception. Mm -hmm. And, oh, they were playing the exact same characters that they were playing in, you know, previous, Memento, whatever. Then I might say, yeah, this doesn't work. And there are some people... That unfortunately just that's that's the way they act. That's the way they perform, and that's right. that's all you're going to get out of them. So yeah, in that case, it falls apart. It, but it it builds careers for some people. Though, yeah, it does like Bruce Willis. Oh yeah, it does. Um, but like like Matthew said, it's to me, it's like the theater. You surround yourself with the same troupe of of actors, mm-hmm. and uh, people just believe it if if it's believable. Um, so. I guess that's my answer to that, Rodrigo. Mm. Anything else? Wrong. You what? hate it, and you want to change <laughs> your opinion on it. Eleanor Cliff. <laughs> These are not the robots I am looking for. That would seem like a joke that would be older than me, but you have to remember that I work for PBS. <laughs> yes, for uh, Rodrigo, uh, Lawrence Welk is still in his third season. Yep, that's right, because he's always <laughs> in his third season. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, did you have something? You- <laughs> and now now some gay boys dress like sailors. <laughs> some of that stuff is just weird and slightly creepy. Isn't it, ca- isn't it amazing, today. though? It's like Technicolor vomit. <laughs> it is. Well, it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. Growing up, maybe you weren't uh, exposed to homosexual, you know, over-the-top homosexual people. Right. And so when you see Paul Lynn... Or when you see Liberace, you're just thinking, "Wow, that's a yep, that's a crazy out out, funny that's guy, an out gay guy." <laughs> no, I never thought that. I'm oh, just like, right. I'm just like, oh man, that guy sure likes to dress up funny, or oh, sure yeah. likes to laugh and have fun and talk in his funny voice. And then years later, you're like, "Wait, he's gay? Nice. Wait a minute, they called their band Queen? <laughs> I don't get it." Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so I I don't know. That's that's weird to see Lawrence Welk because some of that is just weirdness and creepiness oh, yes. and it wouldn't you know 20 years later it wouldn't surprise us and most and most of out. it is not intentional yeah yeah yeah. oh no back then it was probably yeah, perfectly just, fine yeah. we're gonna have bubbles floating through the scene and mm. pink and green and purple and <laughs> have a russian guy sing a song and no wait that's a different show yeah um matthew did you have something you wanted to bring up this week weekend day hour i was minute? actually Hello, uh perusing the Wikilopedia. By the way, our uh, delay is uh, pretty effing awesome right now. So, I was perusing the Wikipedia, as I often do, since I don't really have a job right now. Uh, I do have one. It's just that there's only periodic work to do. Uh, and I came across something that actually fascinated me today. We were, I was looking at Doctor Who, and apparently... Going back to like the 1960s, the BBC started destroying the videotapes of many of the shows right. that they had produced, thinking that they couldn't make any money off them. And I was, I started thinking about, you know, stuff that's absolutely lost, things that aren't there anymore. Is there anything that you really wish you could find or that you wish was still around? Cause I know that there are entire shows that no longer exist and things that, I know I can't find on DVD. I can't find liquid television on DVD. Is there anything that you guys really wish you could track down or anything that you feel like is lost forever that you could find? Well, you know, um, you kind of really have to maybe look a little differently. Uh, As far as like movies and television shows, uh, they have now this like burn on demand service from Warner uh, Home Video where, you know, years ago, Doc Savage was not available on movie, you could find a crappy VHS copy of it, mm-hmm. but if you wanted it on DVD, it didn't exist. But now Warner Home Video has this thing where they will open up their entire catalog, and if you find the movie that you want, they will burn you a DVD of it and mail it to you. Of course, you got to pay for it. It's sure, not sure. it's not totally over the top, but you know you might be able to look around. I mean, some people thought that that what's that animated series Lone Star? Lone Star, the, the, the space cop cowboy. Brave Star. 
Brave Star. Brave, Brave Star. Star. Now, that's available on DVD. Most of this nice. stuff, I think, could be found on DVD. So if you're talking about that, I don't think that there's anything that I'm just dying to see, although I would like to have a complete collection of everything MST3K, yeah, not broken up into two-disc collections. Because all that stuff is just kind of all over the place. Yeah, like yeah, The yeah, collections yeah. that they put out are kind of... Right, right, right. Um... I don't know. What, what, what's something for you, Matthew? Why don't you kick us off since this is your thought, and then I'll give Rodrigo and I time to contemplate an answer. I actually saw two of the things that I have been wishing I had seen last weekend. Um, we had bumped up Netflix, and in Netflix they had The Twilight Zone, season one, two, three, and five. Mm-hmm. And in season five of The Twilight Zone, there are well, there are actually four or five Twilight Zone episodes that didn't go into syndication. There are two that never, ever, ever get shown. And I watched them both this weekend. One is um, – it's actually a French movie. It was done on film, a production of An Occurrence of Owl, at Owl Creek Bridge, right, which right. is an Ambrose Beer story. Right. Amazing. Just sat there. And, you know, when we saw them and we brought them up, Sarah was just staring at me because I was sitting there with this big, goofy grin on my face. I've been wanting to see this this show for literally 30 years. And I sat and I watched it. And there is an episode from season five called The Encounter, which stars a very young George Takei and a somewhat old Neville Brand, who was uh, a World War II soldier who became an actor, sort of like a cut-rate Audie Murphy. But this episode was never put in syndication because it has some very strong racial overtones and problems and some slurs aimed at uh, Takei as a Japanese character. Not really a very good episode. Not, you know, certainly not a standout, not even a standout of season five, which wasn't the best, you know, season. But it's one of the ones that I had never seen. And there is now one Twilight Zone episode that I have never seen out of the 167 episodes that exist. So it was pretty cool, even though it was, you know, it was just one of those really simple sort of, Hey, let's pop it up on the PS2. There it is. Play it off the Netflix thing. Yeah. It was really cool to finally see those episodes and see one really is awesome. And the other probably wasn't worth 30 years. So, uh, what's the one that you still haven't seen? The one that I have not seen is considered the pilot. It was actually, uh, no, <laughs> everyone's seen Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. Shut your hole. It's, uh, it was a Desi Arnaz theater, I want to say. I think it was like on Westinghouse Theater of the Air or something, but Rod wrote a story called The Time Element, which was a time travel story. It had uh, William Bendix in it and I think Martin Balsam. No one you know, ever puts it out. I believe that at one point it came up on a DVD release that I've never seen, but it aired a good two years before the show went into production. It's from like 1958 and it's considered like the pilot of the twilight zone. I exactly. Find out it's a twilight zone script. Who owns that now? Who owns the Westinghouse stuff now? Is it? I G- think all the twilight zone stuff is owned by CBS. Who's the parent company of CBS? Viacom. Viacom. CBS. Okay. I, I would bet if you look around, I bet you could find that. There may be some places. Uh, uh, um, there are a couple of stores in California that specialize in hard to find, almost impossible to find television shows and movies, and they probably have it in stock. Um, yeah, but I don't actually have that. any money. Well, that's true too. Matthew or uh, Rodrigo? Um, there's there's two. We're going to just One, name you Matthew too. Yes. You mind if I call you Matthew? It'll just make it easy for you, Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> that um, does bring up something I want to talk about at the end of the show here in just a minute. The there's two things. One that I've recently found out that is actually still around, mm-hmm. and one that I've been having a lot of trouble finding. Um, the one is, you know, obviously there was a big controversy about the the TV show Robotech, right. which was actually three separate shows smushed together into one three-season show in the United States when it was translated. Right. So, of course, there was a big backlash against it as, as, as uh, anime really started catching up, and people were like, no, we want to see Macross Plus! Right. Or whatever. So I thought that no other... that they would never redo Robotech, basically. Right. 
but they have. They they now have it as Robotech the Macross saga. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been able to find the other two chapters. Those might be caught in litigation, but at least there's one of them floating around, so right. that's nice. Cool. Um, yeah. The other one is I'm still trying to find a DVD that will freaking play in my computer of Master of the Flying Guillotine, oh, which is... I think I have that somewhere. Which is the, this ridiculous yeah, yeah. kung fu movie, um, which I think is like single-handedly responsible for like a ton of uh ridiculous concepts that have stuck to kung fu movies yeah and a bunch of weird stuff like people who do yoga being able to stretch which is responsible then for Mm dalsim from street fighter for Mm -hmm. example and you know just weird things and also i almost got to like the middle of it and then the dvd crapped out on me but i was watching it in Chinese with, right, with English subtitles with Spanish subtitles oh, awesome. and it was even more hilarious because it was clear that they saw the English subtitles and translated it from that which left awesome things like there's a guy who comes out and he uses a technique called tiger crane fist uh-huh. um, which they got translated as literally like tiger crane fist but crane is like a lifting crane like (laughs) so it's like uh it's like uh it's like tiger backhoe punch basically (laughs) is is, is, you know is the way that it reads when i was in california my good friend dave uh we would do all that stuff he would find these weird ass Mm -hmm. awesome kung fu movies um and I've got a couple of them, the um, early Chung Yao Fat and and uh, and those, and just translated into English mm-hmm. English subtitles. But you had to order them from China, you right? Had to, and they'd come in this brown paper envelope tied up with twine, nice to your door. And it was like, ah, look what we got, SARS. Yeah, <laughs> that was before <laughs> before SARS. Um, you know, I kind of instead of looking at it from the from the movie standpoint, because mm-hmm. usually the stuff that I find, I'll find it some some right, way. Right. Um, but for me, it's this little trinket, this little probably junk toy from the seventies. Mm. It was this little black metal like little totem that had these like little crystal eyes. Green, I think they were green, maybe red. I forget what they were. Some friend gave that to me. I was like in second mm-hmm. grade. Gave that to me and said, oh, yeah, you can just have it. And you could tell it was already worn by then. But I saw this as some magical totem of power nice. uh, that may have evil properties. So make sure that the nuns don't see it when you go to Catholic school that day. Nice. And uh, I always thought it was kind of creepy, but it was also kind of cool. And so I'd kind of put it in my pocket and carry it around and do whatever with it. Um, one day at school, and this was in second grade, and I remember this vividly because it was just so weird out of the blue. Um we would go out when it would, if we had our snow clothes, our snow suits and boots and everything, we could go out into the snow and play when it was, when it was winter time. And I remember we were sitting at the lunch table and my friend, Joseph Catholic school, uh, <laughs> my friend, my friend, Joseph, Joseph, Stephen, Matthew, Luke, Luke, Luke. Uh, there were some Christophers, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but he didn't bring his Ezekiel. He didn't bring his Josiah Jehovah. No, he didn't bring his snow clothes that day. Jesus, (laughs) you know my dad always jokes that my mom, my dad's name is Joseph, my Uh, mom's name is Mary, and uh, he always jokes to people that he was going to call me Jesus, name me Jesus, just to freak with people's minds. Nice. Uh, So back to the story. So Joseph did not bring his um, his snow clothes, and he was kind of bummed that he was not going to get to go outside and play. In the snow, because it was this was back in the days when it actually would snow significant mm-hmm. amounts of, of snow, not like today where it snows a quarter of an inch and people are freaking out. Um, and I remember sitting there and, and everyone had told me this little trinket was given to me. You could make wishes on it. It would make wishes come true. And I was like, oh, man. Got this trinket out, started rubbing it. I whisper into it. And I was like, I wish Joseph's clothes would have his snow clothes here so he could come with us out onto the playground and play. And so I made that wish, and I just whispered it into the into the little token in my hand, and I put it back in my pocket. And um, by the time lunch was ended, this was at the beginning of lunch, mm-hmm. by the time lunch was over, Joseph's mom shows up at the table and says, Joseph, I bet you want to go outside and play today. I brought your snow clothes. Nice. After lunch, we go out and play. 
come back inside, reach into my pocket to find that charm. Gone. Well, there you go. And forever, I've been trying to find that again. I've mm-hmm. always just been looking. I'll be like, well, maybe I took it home and it got in, in a can of something. I know it's got to be in this bedroom somewhere. And I would just all through, up until about high school, I'd tear apart my, my room every once in a while looking for this little totem because I know that it was around somewhere. It's gone, Steven. It's gone. I made my wish. Yep. And, and the cool thing about it was it was a, uh, a, a non-selfish wish. It wasn't right. a wish for me. It was a wish for someone else. And that's why the totem disappeared as opposed to cursing you forever. I, uh, you know, I did not, I've never been to Hawaii, <laughs> so I've never ridden a surfboard. So I don't know if right. something bad is going to happen. But again, we talk about strange phenomena and strange things. That's one of those weird stories mm-hmm. that I've had. But I've been looking for this little totem. It's burned into my mind what it looks like. And I've gone online looking for something similar or whatever. Never seen anything like it. You know, I used to have a lot of He-Man toys when I was a kid. And did you whisper into He-Man's ear? Yes. I I wish. I wish that you wouldn't eat my balls. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) All right. Dude, get a hold of yourself. Okay. Um, (laughs) Hey, Steven. Poop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, I had a lot of He-Man toys, and I had to sell all of them. Right, when you moved to... When I moved to the United States, I sold all my toys. Um, And and I remember at, at one point, I saw in a store, and they just had... And it was like an like an antique shop, which is funny, but they just carried like just right, a right, bunch junk, of random yeah, yeah. junk. And they had some He-Man guys there. Mm-hmm. And I remember picking one up and it was just like one of like four He-Man, like actual, the actual character He-Man right, right, right. that they had there. And I was like, oh man, He-Man, I totally remember this. And I started like moving him around and I turned his leg and then when I let go of it, the you know the the leg joint like it goes into it has like yeah, a like a ball, rubber band yeah. and then it you know it the the there's a there's a concave joint for the leg mm-hmm. and when you let go of it it snaps close and just pinches so hard right and I was like ah god freaking and I remember this <laughs> this is my childhood <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I want to play with this ow yeah yeah these toys are not safe <laughs> why did anybody let me play with this yeah i just i've not run into anything like Get like a blood blister out of this yeah yeah yeah. that was the worst thing um very very cool uh so there we go matthew things that we have been looking for for a long time uh made a half-ass crack to uh to matthew when we were recording some critical hit pod podcasts the other day and i said hey matt what's going on because when i on our audio board i can't write everybody's names out sure, sure. so uh, Brian becomes Bry, uh, Rob becomes Rob, mm-hmm. uh, Matthew becomes mm-hmm. Matt, <laughs> uh, Rodrigo becomes Rod, and I become me. Mm-hmm. I just put me. Um, and then Matthew was like, "Do not call me Matt." <laughs> and you, you made up an interesting point. You made, a, my name. you made a point because you, I, and Rodrigo do not like to go by our short. I made that named. point. Oh, you made that point. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, that we don't like to go by our shortened names. What is the shortened name of Rodrigo? Rod? Well, in, in English. Roddy. In, in right. any way, you know, you'd call me Rod, presumably. Okay. All right. I mean, because the, the name is Roderick. So what do you call Roro. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no. Um, no, no. Uh, well, what about, remember, Lola. we were kind of joking about, with Mason earlier, we were talking about funny names, and mm-hmm. I had said Rodrigo, and I said, Mason, do you remember what you used to call Rodrigo before you called him Rodrigo, and mm-hmm. you used to just call him Rigo, and he started laughing, I never called him Rodrigo. I, I think the very first thing that Mason called me was Gigush. <laughs> I'd be like, that's an awesome nickname. Why hasn't anybody come up with good nicknames for me like that? Gigush. Uh, Matthew, how come you don't like Matt. I never have liked it when people shorten my name. I'm not sure why. Um, mm-hmm. I think part of it certainly is an identity thing. My siblings always called me that when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I always make fun of my big sister because she moved away and changed the pronunciation of her name. She huh. went away to school and came back as Tamara. Ah. And for, you know, my mother named her Tamara. 
but right. you, you had to be there. You know, it's kind of a thing. Sure, sure. I, I think when I went to college is when I really started making a conscious effort to identify myself by my full name. Ah, I've okay. always hated having it shortened, and I don't know why. I'm not one really for nicknames necessarily as far as keeping them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like at one point I was dating a young lady who wanted to nickname, um, how shall I put this delicately, a certain particular anatomical reference. And I told her that she will not give it a nickname. She will call it by its given name, Vesuvius, and be done with it. But I'm, I don't know. I'm sure it was when I was a kid being taunted. You know, when you're a fat kid whose name rhymes with the word fat, come on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What about you, Rodrigo? Yeah, that sucks. Um, for me, it's, it's certainly an identity thing. I've, I, you know, I've always kind of struggled with, um, the fact, you know, I, I moved here when I was 11. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how Mexican should I be? How American should I be? And that's just, you know, always something that was kind of a sticking point with me, you know? Right, right. People be like, what's your name? And I'd be, I'd tell them it's Rodrigo. And they'd be like, can I call you Rod? And I would be like, no. Mm -hmm. Um, which I, I'm sure was very off-putting because right, you know right, people, right. you know, add, right, right. Um, I I did go by my middle name for a long time, um, and and you know people in a because I lived in a Korean neighborhood and people couldn't actually pronounce my mm -hmm. first name. It was mm -hmm. just you know for you know I, I was I was a fresh off the of the plane Mexican immigrant and they were fresh off the plane Korean immigrants and there right. was no way we could pronounce each other's names. Right. Well, except that most of their names were Kim. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that wasn't too bad. But uh, yeah, I mean, for me, no, it's true. I had a lot of friends named Kim um, and they were all dudes. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it was it was always that. And it's it's just kind of stuck. And usually any sort of shortening of my nickname. And I have since stopped being so adamant about yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. A douche. But it. Yes. Um, one of those. But it. It just tends to not stick. I've had a lot of nicknames in my life, but they're usually left behind when I move away or, or yes. kind of, you know, move out. And But none of them have really been plays on my name. Sure. Actually, I usually get the name of some animal. Right, right. At some point. Gagoosh. Yes. Gagoosh. Gagoosh. Yes. How about uh, for me, Rory? Flou Flounder. Well, Rory? I mean, Rory in itself is an actual name. Yeah. So it, it's weird. But it's short. Me. It's for Rod. Rigo. Rod. Yeah. Rod. See, when you start when you start Rod picking up letters out of the middle. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, okay. Your name is Dog. Yeah, yeah your name is <laughs> Well, okay. it's funny. You're Arcot Ramathorn, Ram, and I'm Rod Farva, Rod. Car Ramrod. Exactly. Car Ramrod. Exactly. That's, that's kinda that's kinda what it would um what it ends up as. And and even uh, you know, it's like there's only certain legal things that you can do with a nickname. Right. Um, I have a friend, and, and this is probably the longest that I, a, a variation of my name has stuck. I have a handful of friends that call me Go. Mm. And that's largely because they, they thought it was hilarious. No, that's not what? your name. That's what they want you to do. <laughs> well, exactly. No, exactly. They, when we were all doing theater, um, they, I would be backstage waiting for my entrance, and they would be like, "Go, go, go, go!" And I was like, "It's not time yet." I was like, "No, we're just, we're just calling you. Uh, go, <laughs> like what? No, it's your go, right, go, right, right." right. Uh, for me, uh, I've got the Stephen with the PH in the middle. Mm -hmm. uh, again, Catholic upbringing, right? Um, nobody could pronounce Matthew, it. Mark, yep. Luke, Revelations. Yep, <laughs> Rodrigo. Um, yep. It, it, and so it was Stefan. No, it's Stephen. That's mm -hmm. that's that pronunciation. Uh, da, da, it doesn't make sense. So for a while, I said, okay, just call me Stephen with a V-E-N. Uh, and then everybody in like third grade after I got out of Catholic school and went to regular school, everyone just said, Steve, 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 Steve. Right. Well, that was fine for Steve, about two Steve, years. Steve, That was fine for about two years until you realize that everybody born in the 70s, Steve, Stephen, Stephen, mm -hmm. very popular names. And in my school, from about sixth grade through the end of high school, there were at least six Stevens or Steves or whatever mm -hmm. in the high school. So, and half of us were all on the same track team together. So it's like, okay, how do we differentiate? And like you said, it's an identity thing. Mm -hmm. So when I got into high school, I went back to Stephen with the PH 
and just let it stick ever since. Right. So they just call you Alkaline Steven? Yes. Yes. The PH Steven, yes. I'm more of a base. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening Uh, into the show this week. Yes. (laughs) Joshua. Uh, Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us this week. Remember, on Tuesday, this is really important. I'm sorry, in the next episode, (laughs) we will be talking about uh, Jack Kirby's Fourth World. Why? Because we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we will talk with you soon. Torah. Ecclesiastes. <laughs> Treosar. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well, I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew He kicked my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such a chance? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine be In the Middle East With a king santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers is copyright 2011